Hello and welcome to the Hoops for Damas podcast. I'm Adam Chalice. We're joined by Josh Square. Josh, it's a beautiful day here in Chicago, Illinois, where we are recording from the internet. And uh, Josh, we got a lot to get to. We're starting with yes, the uh, Bucks Nets, and we're getting the Clippers Jazz, talking to little Donovan Mitchell in particular, then talking about tonight's games. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. You know what? It is a beautiful day here in Chicago. A little, little humid, but you know what? That's, how, that's Chicago summers for you. You get that 55, 60% humidity, 85 degrees, feels like it's 90. Don't matter. It's summer. It's a good time. And we got basketball time. going. We got it's playoff time. We got both teams in Chicago, first place in baseball. It's been a good summer in Chicago. I'll tell you what. Yeah, man. I am loving the Chicago White Sox. Uh, such a fun team. <laughs> How can you not, man? I mean, this they're losing guys left and right, and they're still the best team in baseball, which is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm hoping it's a special year. I want to all Chicago World Series. The Battle of the Red Line. Yeah, we're we're due. We're due. It's we uh, are due. it's happening this year. We'll see. Uh, I we will, man. But we talk you want to talk about a battle. Two amazing games last night. Two fantastic yeah, games. Two really good games. And wow. you know, I mean with the Bucks, I mean you know, you know, you and I, I've worked at ESP Milwaukee. I love this team. They are overrated. Ooh, he says it. I, I've been saying that, and I think you, you know what? I, I saw it last year. Giannis is overrated. Now, if this is 1992, Giannis is one of the three best players in the league. You can't stop him. You have to be able to shoot now. Yeah. He cannot shoot the three. I love Giannis. I think he's an amazing player. If Shaquille O'Neal played today, You'd be having the same issues. He can't shoot. If you can't shoot, you are not as effective in this league as you can be. You're, you're going to be limited in what you can do in terms of your role. So I, I, we both love Shaq. We think he's a dominant player. And I think he would still be just as dominant because we see a guy like Zion who doesn't even shoot the three, just destroy everybody. But come playoff time, Zion's going to have to shoot. He's going to have to. You have to prove you can shoot and do the things you need to do. And so when you have a guy like Giannis, who I just see him, he's playing straight up, and they're backing off three yeah. foot. They're giving him so much space. They're like, go ahead, shoot it. And, and when and, you look at the, the postseason numbers, because this team averaged 120.1 points per game in the regular season. That was first in the NBA. They're only averaging 107.6 in the playoffs. It doesn't surprise – it really hasn't surprised me because this team, honestly, this is a regular season team. This team is built for the regular season. When well, it comes I mean, to playoff sure, time. Like the DiVincenzo injury hurts. I, I thought that they matched up really well against this Brooklyn team, but I didn't think so, actually. Giannis really struggling shooting. He's only shooting 12.5% from three right now. 12.5. That's bad. And so the, the Nets, it's in their best interest that they sag off him and let him have that green light. And he's in his own head, too. He's shooting 51% from the free throw line. Giannis, I don't want to take anything away from him. He's a tremendous playmaker. He's one of the most versatile players in the history of the game, especially on the defensive end of the floor. However, I do not think that you can win a championship is Giannis being your best scorer. And that's what's coming in the way here. The best scorer on that team is Chris Middleton. And that's okay. Chris Middleton's a damn good scorer. But when you get into the conversation of, can this team make a legitimate playoff run? That's going to be a fucking problem when your best player is a non-factor 
offensively against a team that is historically good offensively. Because, like, this is a time where the Nets are weak. They don't have their best offensive player, their best point guard in James Harden. It's Kyrie and it's KD. And Blake Griffin is out here looking like a prime Scotty Pippen, just taking Giannis <laughs> completely out of his element, playing some of the Blake best. Blake has been uh, phenomenal in this series. Tip your hat the to best him. defense we've seen from Blake Griffin his entire career. I mean, well, here's the thing I think we need to give about Blake Griffin. He was the number one pick in the draft for a reason. We've seen what this guy can do. 2015 playoffs, this guy is dropping 25, 12, and 6. 25, 12, and 12 and a half and 6, basically. The guy is an absolute monster. We're acting like this guy was not in Detroit as the number one option on that team. Now, he was hurt all the damn time, and he was like the, the guy in the body cast in the SpongeBob chocolate episode. But, you know, it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, okay, so but when he's healthy, he's going to give you 17. On this team, okay, so they need him right now to be a, a supporting role. Fine. He can still give you – if you really need him to, he can give you 20 points if you need him to. He's still Blake Griffin. He's – Improve his three point shot is very good now. It's a weapon now that yep. you can use. And his passing is great, and his passing is good. He's a good ball handler. He's a good defender. It's the playoffs. You got to step up. This is what I think people don't realize, and I'm starting to see this. In the regular season, guys don't play defense. It's the regular season. In if it's a big game, they'll play in the last two minutes or so. That's like how it always is. In the they're play, they're getting back every time, every single time, and you've got to be ready for that. And I think what's happening in Milwaukee is, like they did in the regular season, they'll do great. But teams aren't playing as hard a defense as you when you're playing teams like the Cavs. You're playing the Bulls. You know, you're playing the Sacramento Kings. You have nights where you're not going to play top-tier competition every single night. Now you're playing it every single game. Right. And they are falling apart. And their offense is so shaky. Honestly, like, look, I'm, I'm glad Giannis stayed. He broke the mold. He kind of went the Tim Duncan route. He's like, you know what? We're, I'm going to stay here in small what market. These foreign guys like Dirk, you know. They stay. These guys, they stay. He should have gone to Golden State. He should have gone to Golden State. I mean. I mean, I mean for me, I, I'm thinking about this. Steph Curry's the number one option. And you'd be the small ball five. You'd be the five. Yeah. And he would fit perfectly there. And His role would be pick and rolls, get him to the basket, let him play back down to the post. If he has to shoot, fine. But he's still Giannis. He's going to get 14 rebounds for you. And he's going to block shots. And he's going to defend the paint, which is what you can do. Now, you're not going to be KD. KD's the best scorer I've seen since Kobe Bryant, in my opinion. So Better, in my opinion. I would agree with you on that. I mean, we might never see anything like KD again. So that's a unique talent. Giannis is also a unique talent in his own right. When you get him inside 10 feet, good luck. I mean, good luck. Good luck. So, but right now, it's just it's proving very clear as day. He has a lot of faults. I think it's his hands. His hands are so friggin' big. I think it's just he doesn't. It's hard for him to hold I think the ball. He's in his own head. I mean, you have that like that second violation, and it that's been a problem all, his whole career with that. He does take forever with that. I'm surprised he doesn't get called for it like once every other game. Well, now people are going to be looking for it. But my biggest knock on the Milwaukee Bucks right now is I feel like Budenholzer has had this system that's really worked for them where they work the ball around the perimeter, they beat you inside out, and the passing is exceptional. And where is that? 
Like they aren't even playing Bucks basketball anymore. You have these pos- possessions where Giannis dribbles out past the three-point line so he can try to take Blake Griffin one-on-one, and they they're taking he's these. Just, like, and he's like this. He's just holding the ball up, and he's yeah. holding the ball this high, and he's like, and he looks like he's gonna run like straight at him, like he's just moving up. It doesn't make any sense to me. It and they're just like, go sense. ahead, I dare you. We got three guys in the paint. I dare you. And and the like people kind of forget. Maybe they don't, but I don't. I certainly don't forget. Mike D'Antoni is a assistant coach on this Phoenix, or this, I almost said Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns 2.0, right? Uh, the yeah. Brooklyn Nets. He is a very important influence on that coaching staff. And what does Mike D'Antoni want you to do? Mike D'Antoni wants you to try to exploit what you perceive as a mismatch against this small ball lineup, put up a contested mid range, and miss. And then they're going to get down and they're going to get up a three-point shot quick. And so the Milwaukee Bucks are playing into the trap by playing this isolation-heavy style of offense and abandoning what got them there in the first place. Meanwhile, the Nets are showing that they do have another gear, that they do have another level, and that they can be a really good defensive team when they need to be. You know, and uh, yeah, and you know, for me, like I'm looking at this Nets team, you look at them without James Harden, that's an isolation heavy offense. There's no continuity really there. James Harden is the guy. He's the glue there. He's the point guard. They don't have their point guard. So they're running on Katie and Kyrie and hoping to get Joe Harris coming off screens. And Yeah, Bruce Joe Harris had a weak game last night. And I think that's why they really lost partly. I mean, Bruce had a great game. He had 16 points. He had a great game. But, I mean – be that as it may, you know, this team is not – the fact that you're, you know, where you are at sitting at 2-1. If you're Milwaukee, you should not be confident at all. You held the Nets to 83 points. When the hell do you think that's going to happen again? This might be one of the five most lethal offenses that we've ever, ever seen in terms of star power and ability. Yeah. I mean, we've never seen three guys you with the ability to – three top ten scorers in the league on one team. But I mean, he's number one and two with Kevin Durant and James Harden, just pure score. I would agree with you on that. Now, I, like I mean, you could, argue, three, you could argue Curry right? is two. You could argue Curry is two. You could argue Dame is two, maybe. You could argue. Yeah. You could definitely make this argument. I think so. At least you have two top five scorers. Yes, I would say they're top five, 100%. And I think the problem we have right now is, okay, so they have to play this isolation heavy basketball. How many games is Kevin Durant going to shoot 11 for 28 again? And, and the, shoot the way he did in the first half. Probably not going to happen again. So I'm looking at this like, if I'm Milwaukee, okay, you won one game. I think the series is going to be over in five games. I mean, just the way they're playing. I mean, the way it's looked. I mean, if Milwaukee does not win game four, I think Milwaukee's going to get stopped in game four. It's going to be close. I think in a few weeks, when this is all, all the dust is settled, we're talking about uh, Mike D'Antoni as the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's very possible. I think that would be a very good hire because I think if Budenholzer loses in the second round, he is out, and he should have been out after last year's sweep, or uh, this gentleman's sweep. He should have been out last year. I saw the way he was coaching. He got completely outcoached. The team was playing like absolute garbage. He's outcoached right now. He threw the game plan out. There are certain guys who are built for that moment. Mike Budenholzer folds in the moment, and it's I can see it. Mike D'Antoni doesn't fold in the moment. He's gotten his teams to the conference finals. And he's gotten him within one game multiple times. So, and he's gotten him so close. Mike D'Antoni's a great coach, and I would think that he'll do great good. With Giannis. 
I don't know what you can do with Giannis. I'm not sure you can do anything. I think Giannis, if, if it's Dan Tony ball, Giannis is your center. Middleton's your power forward. And yeah. And then you trade Brooke Lopez. Well, then again, he'd be a great fit for them. As the backup, but I mean, hey, Brooke Lopez. He might have a one-year deal. I might be wrong by that. He might have a one-year deal. So yeah, Brooke I don't know. Lopez, he's turned into a really good defender. He's like not your PJ Tucker, you know what I mean? But interesting, the PJ Tucker's there now too. Signed a three-year deal. Okay, so they got so they got. But I think Brooke Lopez, if they sign Mike D'Antoni, he's gonna be. He's probably gonna get traded, just because he wouldn't fit. And I think Giannis at the five is probably the better option at this well, point. It, just it's because... hard to say whether or not he'd fit because it's like there was the James Harden D'Antoni, and then there was the normal D'Antoni. Because James Harden's like that last year, they're like they went from small ball to micro ball. But historically, that was annoying as hell. Tony's done okay, like with with some of these big men. So it, oh, I mean, it, we've seen what he does with Amari, but he also had Steve Nash, one of the best yeah, point guards yeah. in the league. And that's so what they need. I don't deserve. Look, Drew Holiday's a great. I just I thought when they got him, okay, that's great. That's great. That's nice. You think that's going to f- solve all your problems? Yeah, like, unless Luka Doncic or something is walking through that door, I don't think that's going to solve your problems. Drew Holiday, don't get me wrong, great defender, very solid NBA player. They need a superstar there. The Nets have three superstars. You've got yeah. one, and you got a couple of all-stars next to him. you Drew got Holiday, one superstar, and he's a liability is when it comes to shooting the basketball. Right, and so at that point, I'm not really sure what the answer is for Milwaukee. I think they're outmatched in this series. I think they're going to lose this series, and you have to go back to the drawing board and think, are we really, is our peak second-round exit? And I think it is. I think it is right now because Giannis, you can win a championship with Giannis as your best player, no doubt in my mind, but you cannot win a championship as him as your best scorer. And so they're going to have to flip some pieces. They're going to have to do something. I think Chris Middleton's awesome, but if they win another game this series, it's going to be – on Middleton going crazy again. And I think he needs to be the number one option on offense, not Giannis. Don't and run I don't, I mean, Giannis anymore. Middleton, as I've always said, I think Middleton's like Luol Deng with a very nice handle. And a better shooter. And a better shooter, right. I but, like the comp. Yeah, I mean, well, that's what I always thought. I thought he's he's got a better handle and he's a better shooter. But, you know, Deng, Deng never had a handle. We know that. He wasn't a very good hand. He didn't have a good handle, but he was always a great player. Anywho. Yeah, nice mid-range. Oh, of course. He developed that three-point shot. Took a while, but he developed it. But, you know, I think Milwaukee's in purgatory. They're in basketball purgatory. Yeah. He traded everything for Drew Holiday. Me, personally, I'm thinking to myself, well, who do you go get? You're not going to get Damian Lillard. He's not going anywhere. Portland's not trading him. I think he's going he's gonna to leave in free agency unless he demands a trade, which I think he should. Because, But I, think, I don't think he's going to because I think he's one of those guys who's like, if I can't win on my own as as a number one guy, I don't want to go anywhere else. I don't think he's one of those guys who wants to team up. I don't think he is. He'd I could be, be wrong. Fit, though. He'd fit a lot of their – he'd fix a lot of problems. He'd fix everything on that team if he he'd went – He'd make them an immediate – I mean, they're so close. If you put Damian Lillard on that team, he's the number one option, and Giannis is the second, and then Middleton's the third. And I would that... say if I'm coaching that team, offensively, number one option would be Lillard, Middleton, Giannis. And that's fine. You could just say to Giannis – Play defense and rebound, and then we'll throw you lobs on pick and rolls. Yeah, fine. like fine. His role is not going to be. Maybe that's why the Bucks struggle in the playoffs because he's exposed that he's not. A go get me a bucket guy. Him exposed. I mean, look at him in the Miami series. All they did was say drive. We'll have everyone swipe at the ball, and that's all that happens. Yeah, 
And then he gets guarded by KD. He's having problems. And KD is cooking him. Oh my god, that KD that three that three was ridiculous last night. I yeah. mean, talk about a great game. I mean, I, I give my props to Milwaukee. They won the game. You shouldn't be happy right now. Absolutely not. You should be very concerned. And I'm not happy if I'm Bucks fans. I'm thinking, or if I'm Joe Lorendi, I'm definitely not. Shout out to Joe Lorendi, by the Joe way. Joe Lorendi. I love Joe. Ugh, I miss him. You know, it's like we, I don't know. He's not probably not happy. He's happy they won, but he's probably thinking the same thing we are. This is a second round exit team. This is what they are. And, you know, I just, I, I'm not sure where you go from here. You're stuck. No one's coming to Milwaukee going, you know what? I want to play for the Milwaukee, but no one's saying that no one. So you're stuck with drew holiday, Chris milk. That's your team. That's your team. You don't have first round picks to play with. That's it. That's all you got. And I just think they're in a real messy situation right now. It's very unfortunate that it's come to this very, very unfortunate, but you know, at the same time, it's hard to see because, you know, I love the Bucs. I do, because I grew a little bit of love for them. But this is not a championship team. No, You can not. tell who's a championship team who's built to win, and it's not Milwaukee. And it's, unfortunately, it's Giannis. He can't be your number one option. He's so limited. It's like if yeah. Shaq was, you know, here today. Do I think you can win a championship with Shaq as your number one option? Absolutely. No. Have to. I mean, I, I think Shaq is a little. It would have different. to be Kobe today. It would have to be Kobe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, fair. Well, it's because, well, Shaq, you would just like do things differently with him. Like, for example, and this is a good transition because we will get into these guys next, but like, yeah. you know, Rudy Gobert, he is not ever going to have a, you know, but you don't need, shot. but you don't but need he can he play that at the Kembe Matumbo role. Last night, you know, here's the thing with Rudy Gobert he's the Kembe Matumbo. He plays his role. The Kembe's not a scorer. Yeah, exactly. He, he can play. The Kembe was never a great scorer. He never was. Well, so the, the problem isn't Giannis. The problem wouldn't be Shaq. The problem would be is if they used Shaq like they're trying to use Giannis. Like, play right. Giannis to his strengths and stop having him take three-point shots. Stop having him take any jump shots, really. Uh, pick and roll uh, till you die. And have Chris Middleton be your number one scoring option. Have Drew Holiday be your number two scoring option. You have nothing to lose right now. You have nothing to lose. I don't think lose. you do. Run the ropes. Make some adjustments, Bood. He's not going to make them. And that's the problem. He doesn't make adjustments. And if he is, they're not working, and they haven't been working for two years. So that's the problem. It's three uh, years they haven't been working. Um, Josh, I'm all in. I'm all in on this Utah Jazz team. You really are, my friend. Huh? You think they're going to the finals? I think they might win it all. Really? I think they might win the fucking championship, and I'm so serious, all right? L- let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Uh, what is? How do you win? What is the most important weapon in modern NBA right now? A player who can shoot the basketball very, very well and create for other people. Okay, okay. Oh, oh, really? And how many guys does Utah have? That a lot of guys, my four, friend. Four of them who can do that in, in a super high level. Mike Conley, who hasn't even played in this series. Donovan Mitchell, who is playing out of his mind. And Jonathan Mitchell is a superstar, folks. He is a superstar. By the way, star. crazy stat I heard. Top most points in the first 28 playoff games, NBA history. Michael Jordan, Will Chamberlain, the Spider. The Spider-Man. The Spider-Man is third all-time. Donovan Mitchell's third all-time. 
And, and, and he cooks. He cooks. He's, He's a superstar. Unbelievable. He unbelievable. And, and, and so, like, here, I'm so sick of the narrative that, oh, the Jazz don't have any superstars. What happens when they face the Clippers? He's a superstar. When they face the Clippers, the Clippers fold. The Clippers fold. And what are you talking? What, what did you just say? Someone who can create for others and someone who can score themselves. Bogdan Bogdanovich, really good facilitator, really good shooter. Donovan Mitchell, boom. <laughs> Mike Conley, I mean, you know, what, boom. What? And Joe Ingles, boom. And so you're Joe Ingles is a very sneaky, sneaky, sneaky good player. We've always known that about him. Great defender, just a consistent player. Just consistent. You're saying, yes, Joe Ingles. Let me read you these three point numbers, right? Uh, so this is 40 percent, isn't he? Donovan Mitchell from three. What what about him? I think he's shooting 40 percent from three in the playoffs. Forty (laughs) two. Yeah. Royce O'Neal is shooting 47%. Bojan Bogdanovich shooting 46%. Mitchell shooting uh, 42%. Conley's only played five games, but he's shooting 55%. Ingles, 34. Uh, Clarkson, 34. Georges Niang, 35. Like, this team strokes. This team is leading the playoffs uh, in attempts per game at 42.3, and they're shooting – 40.9% 40.9% from three. And so, like, how do you guard this team? And here's the problem that the Clippers are getting into right now because the Clippers are a very good defensive team. No, here, here's Especially the problem. Like- They're overrated. That's what they are. They are overrated. And you know They're- what it is? And, I, I, and I've realized this. There's no leader on that team. There is none. Kawhi Leonard is not the guy. Kyle Lowry was in, in Toronto. Kyle Lowry was. When they were in San Antonio, who was the leaders? Tony Parker, Monty Ginobili, and Tim Duncan. There's your leaders. They had that team on lockdown. Greg Popovich was there. You lose those guys. Kawhi, very quiet, introverted guy, keeps to himself, doesn't have social media. Paul George, you know, he's just – that's not his – you can tell these guys are not leaders. Rajon Rondo's a leader. But Rajon Rondo's your backup – like, what are you going to do? He's 35 years old. What are you going to do? He's not – and he's Rajon Rondo. He's not scoring 20 points a game. So – when you don't have that, that guy who's saying, this is my team, this is what we do. You have to have that guy. There's no one on the Clippers that has that. They also, they just, as good of a team they are defensively, as good of a shooting team as they are, there's just, you know what? Eventually, you can just run into a buzzsaw. And quite frankly, the way I've seen this team play this year, I didn't think they were a championship team. I didn't think they were last year. And they're showing why. And once again, the curse of the Clippers continues. Uh, on a great, I, I mean, on paper, they're a great defensive team. But the fact of the matter is they're not closing out on these threes. And they're trying anything that they can. Like yesterday, it worked for a few minutes. They went into this 3-2 zone to try to stop the barrage of three-point shots by the Utah Jazz. But the Jazz, they're not going to take conservative shots just because they're because you make it close. They're going to continue to take aggressive three-point shots all game and they're going to hit him. Ingles is going to hit you with a, a step back three. And if you don't guard him on a walk-up three-point attempt, shame on you. Do your homework. Because this team all snipes. And that's why you can't help off anyone. You can't help off anyone. They are a riddle to be solved. And there's not a team in the NBA with the personnel to solve this riddle. And so they are going to win the championship. I'm saying it right now. It, maybe they'll play the Nets, all right? And we'll have a Utah Nets championship. And who knows? That one could go either way. I shouldn't say they're going to win at the championship. But they're going to come out of the West. 
They're going to come out of the West because they're the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA. They're the best at guarding the three-point shot in the NBA. These are very real statistics right now, and they have only gotten better when the moments have come. They are, uh, you know, in, in the playoffs, the three-point percentage has gone up. Their opponents are shooting 32 point, uh, I'm sorry, uh, only 34.3% from three, which is, is, is solid. Like they're, they've faced some good shooting teams, but they're shooting six and a half percent higher than that. And they're, and they're taking uh, almost 10 more attempts per game and simple basketball math says that works. And so they're also the best rebounding team in the NBA. And so you're going to talk about like, well, how are they going to guard uh, Kawhi Leonard? Well, the way they're guarding Kawhi Leonard is by committee. They play team defense. And so where other teams don't have the communication, they don't have the discipline, they don't have the spatial awareness to play excellent team defense, Utah Jazz will play that team defense. Because if you get too close, the seven foot nine wingspan of the Stifle Tower, it's going to be a problem. Bojan Bogdanovic, ripping the ball right out of Kawhi's hands, picking him up yesterday. That's a feisty defender. Like Utah's doing this without Mike Conley right now. And during the regular season, there were four guys on that jazz team over 19 player efficiency rating, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Derek favors and Jordan Clarkson. And, and, and I also want to say about Jordan Clarkson, here's the thing about Jordan Clarkson. He is the wild card in the mix. Cause this whole team is predicated around ball movement. Obviously Mitchell's going to play some isolation, but Clarkson is this slasher who doesn't really fit the mold, but because of the way you have to guard him, it is going to create excellent opportunities for the rest of the team. And it's going to kind of make the defense scratch their head because they're like trying to guard Utah one way, but then they have to guard Clarks in a whole different way. And that's another guy who can give you 40 points. And so where everyone's talking about Paul George and Kawhi Leonard or whoever it may be, like when you talk about who's the best player in that series, it's Kawhi Leonard. When you're talking about the second best player, it's Donovan Mitchell. Third best, I'll give it to Paul George. But then fourth, well, no, Gobert's better than Paul George. Gobert's definitely better you than Paul George. You can make that argument. I mean, right now, I mean, I mean they're playing. I, I would probably still give it to Paul George. But okay, I mean, so we'll go... call him close. So we'll give it it's to like Paul George. It's a 2A, 2B at this we point. we got Kawhi, then Mitchell, then Paul George, then Gobert, then Conley, then Bogdanovich, then Clarkson, then Ingles. And so those are eight players. The top eight players in the series, only two of them are on the Los Angeles Clippers. And there's a substantial drop-off. Because who's your next guy? They don't have a next guy. They don't have a next guy. Reggie Jackson? I mean, Reggie, I mean, he had his time. But, I mean, are we really going to trust Reggie Jackson to no. do the job? And he had no. a good game last night. He had a good game. But it's one game. Right. Sure. I'd be like, am I going to – if I'm Utah, I'm thinking – I've got to have Reggie Jackson get 25 a night for me four times out of seven. Okay. Okay. I'll take that. Good luck Bring with it, that. Reggie. Bring it, Reginald. <laughs> I don't think Reginald is going to be bringing it that much. So, I mean, I'm with you. And I think we see who who's going to win these series. I mean, I thought Phoenix would win just because without Jamal Murray, there was not much they can do. There's not much the Nuggets can do. They're limited in where they can go. 
And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be the Jazz versus the Suns. I think you're right. And I think the Jazz are probably going to come out of this. Because when you, I look at the matchups in the series, the Jazz match up very well with everybody. And right now they are the best team in the West. And it's far and away that they clearly are the best team in the West. It's very clear. And as for this Clippers team, where does Kawhi go after this? Because I don't think he's staying. Chicago. <laughs> we'll see. You wish. You wish, buddy. Yeah, I do wish. I do wish. But um, I, I don't know where he goes. Here. That's a great point. So in this series so far, I mean, he had 45 points, then 37 points. So he's averaging 41 points per game. And uh, he's 12 of 17 so far from three. And you know what's friggin' wild? Did you notice? When does Mitchell turn on this gear? When does he turn on this gear? He's talking well, to Dwayne Wade. He's talking to Dwayne Wade during the game, and Wade points to him. He's like, "Hey, man, they're gonna if they're gonna guard you like this, go there." This look it looked like he was telling. He's like pointing. It's like, so, I mean, to me, I mean, it's like we know what Donovan's capable of. He turns up his game in the playoffs. That's the hallmark of a superstar, a guy who yeah. turns on that second gear in the playoffs. And he is a superstar. And I think we can. I think we can definitively say that. We've seen time we and time can. again, guys who really step – Damian Lillard, we know. Jokic, we know. Embiid, we know. We know these guys – LeBron, we know, obviously. Anthony Davis, we know We know who these guys are. Donovan Mitchell's put himself in that conversation. And I don't think there's any question about that, especially for the last two seasons. He has put himself on the map. We saw it in his rookie year, averaging about 25 points a game in those playoffs, that he was that guy. And we know he's that guy. And he keeps showing time and time again and elevating this game. I mean – Shooting, I mean, on he's shooting like Steph Curry like numbers from three point land, yeah. and just absolutely dominating everybody. It's amazing to watch. It really is. Now there is something we do got to get to. Stephen A. Smith said he's the best player to ever play in Utah history. Now if he leads his team to the finals. I think he's right. Wow. I think he's right. Okay. I mean, and here's the thing: because without Car- you think Carl Malone's going to the finals without John Stockton? No. Now they're two great players. But, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, Donovan Mitchell, and I'm thinking he can lead them to the final, and he's that clear number one guy. That says something, and it's different. And Carmelo, great player. But, I, I, I mean, we saw so many times, and, I mean, it, it was the Western Conference, and it is an incredibly stacked conference. They choked so many times, and they finally were able to get over that hump when every other team in the West got old, or they were too inexperienced to get over that hump. Like, you know, you look at them when they were playing the Lakers. The Lakers also had a, like, basically, Kobe was in his second year by that point. And, you know, they didn't have Phil Jackson coaching them. San Antonio wasn't San Antonio yet until that last year when they made the finals. Every other time they got messed, they, they, they blew it. Every single time. They had stocked them alone. They couldn't get over the hump. Now you look at Donovan Mitchell, and sure, he's not, he's not the, I mean, he's facing a stacked Western Conference, and he's taking this, He's taking these teams to task. And I think you got you can make that argument. Well, I, I would say that those Utah teams, at least the late 90s Utah teams, early 2000s Utah teams, you had three and a half, like, pretty good offensive options. Uh, Stockton, Malone, Hornacek, Brian Russell. Now, you look at this Utah team, how many legit offensive weapons you have. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Ingles, Bogdanovich. Clarkson. 
I would say Conley too. You throw Conley in that conversation. Yeah, Definitely. so you got you got five. You got five. And so I do think that that Utah, like this Utah team's more balanced. But yeah, man, I mean he he's making a case. The crazy thing is he's only twenty four years old. So I if if Stephen A. said, I think he's going to be better than those guys. Sure. But he was saying that he thinks that if he leads him to the finals, he's the best ever. And here's the thing I'm also thinking this team is a lot like the Miami Heat team of last year. They're just, they're shooting so well. They don't have those super superstars. They got that one guy, Jimmy Butler, and then they got everyone else. You know, they got their Bam out about. They've got Rudy Gobert. They've got yeah. their guys. It's very, very similar way these teams are made up. And if you get hot from three like they are, it can keep it up. Well, the thing about, and it goes back to the whole superstar conversation. Rudy Gobert is a superstar. Like he's won three defensive players of the year. You don't have to be an offensive scoring machine to be a superstar, be a star in your role. There's no one better in the league at doing what Rudy Gobert does. I mean, he pulled down 20 rebounds last night. He's going to block three shots a game. He completely locks down the middle and like, what is Zubach going to do about it except get in foul trouble? Exactly. And I think, you know what, man? I think we're just seeing the this Clipper team slowly fall apart. And we're starting to see it. I, I don't see how they get any better than this. I don't really see how. This, the way the team's constructed, it doesn't work. It clearly I mean, it's, doesn't. It's, like I the Lakers like right now, I don't see how. Honestly, like the Lakers right now, I don't see how the Lakers are going to be a contending team. I mean, if LeBron and AD are healthy, fine. But LeBron's old. He's old now. I think, okay, this is one year. It's one year. They were get. I mean, but I'm not sure about LeBron anymore, man, either. I mean, you, once you get up to that age, it's hard to stay on top like that. When Meanwhile, Donovan Mitchell's not even 24. He's not, he hasn't even hit his prime. No, and if that's he's the out here looking like a more athletic Damian Lillard. It's scary. He's playing with a lot of confidence, man. I'll tell you what. Right now, I'm still putting Stockton Malone above Mitchell. But I, I would really think about it. And you know what? I think I'm one of the first guys to proclaim Donovan Mitchell a superstar. I think I am. I think you are, my friend. I and think so you I, are. I, I, I'm on this. I'm on this Donovan Mitchell train. I'm on this Utah Jazz train. I've been telling people for months they're a contender. And so I, I'm patting myself on the back right now. But – you're talking about the all-time leader in assists. You're talking about the all-time leader in steals. You're talking about the second all-time, uh, correct? I believe uh, he's still second, yes. He's still second, yeah. Uh, points per game in Carl Malone. Like, those guys did it for two decades. So, I got to see a little bit more from Donovan Mitchell. But this is his chance. And right now, he's putting the world on notice. He's putting the world on notice. This is who I am. And uh, I'm a, I'm a D-Wade with a better shot. And he might go on and have a D-Wade-like career. He's going to win some championships, especially the way this Utah team is constructed. It's pretty crazy. It, it so makes the most basketball sense. And that's I'm what looking, it really comes down to. I'm looking at Carl Malone's stats, post 35 years old, 23 and 9. 23 and 8.5 and on 48% shooting. And that mid-range just kept getting silkier. It did. And that's... It's a scary thing as you know, they it's crazy to consider that in that lockout year, they were actually the number one team in the league. They were 30, they won 37 games that year, which is wild. They were awesome. about low, I'm looking at the numbers in these. There was only one team that entire lockout year that scored hundred points a game. Who's that one, one team, the Sacramento Kings. That's it. Okay. That was a good Kings team. <laughs> which, what, that was right when, 
well, that was right when they were starting out. This is like the earth. This is 98, 99. So this is like right when he got there. Okay. But this is absolutely. They I mean, probably still had Jay, Jason Williams. Had Jay, they had Jay Will, Corliss Williamson. Vlade was there. Chris Weber. Vernon Maxwell. Wow. Cor- oh, not Cornbread. Different. Peja was a rookie. And Peja okay. was a rookie. And did they have Doug Christie? or No, he would have been on the Raptors. Ra- he was on the Raptors. Thanks. Two, hashtag 2K knowledge. <laughs> That's anyway. how I remember that one. Yeah, right. Anyway, let's let's move on. Uh, we'll wrap up the show with some talks of uh, tonight's games and the implications uh, that follow with that. We got the Atlanta Hawks hosting the Philadelphia 76ers, the 1-1 series. Uh, what are your initial thoughts going into game three uh, in Atlanta? This is a really tricky series to call because, I, I mean, man, Atlanta is playing – Trey Young's got that team in feeling different, man. It it's different. You know, I'm not sure how you call this series. I think this is going to be a game where I need to see what Philly's going to do. I mean, Joel Embiid right now, they have nothing to stop him. Nothing. I mean, there's nothing they can do. Absolutely nothing. If he's going to put up the numbers he is, it's going to be very difficult for Atlanta to come out in this series because as you know, Trey Young's having a very good series, but he's also been struggling from three shooting on a 30% from three in this series. And they need him to shoot much better than he is doing. And I think with that Atlanta crowd, it's going to definitely help. And I think it's going to bring things to a different gear. So I think it, it's going to be very tough for Philadelphia in the series. I actually think this could be Atlanta in seven. I really think they can win this series. Whoa. I really do. I think okay. Atlanta could shock everybody and beat them. I really think they can. I th- They've I shown they, me a lot. I think they can too. I think uh, offensively, this Atlanta team's built a lot like the Jazz because they have Trey Young, who's like their poor man's Donovan Mitchell, and then a bunch of shooting everywhere, and then Clint Capella, who's your Rudy Gobert. So it's going to come down to uh, how good they can play defense and the health of Joel Embiid because – if Joel, Joel Embiid can take over this series, and they're going to put Ben Simmons on Trey Young. These are going to cause problems. So it's how good does Embiid look, and how well can they guard the other Bogdanovich, Bogdan? How well can they guard Danilo Gallinari? How well how about are Kevin they guard Kevin how, about Ke- how about Kevin? How about Kevin? How about him? Yeah. What about Kevin John Collins? How well are you going to guard the rest of the guys? But the, the Hawks should not be trifled with, and they could absolutely win the series. Um, Kevin's shooting 74% from the field in the series. 74? 74. Good Lord. Raider is shooting 73.7% from the field in this series. That's uh, wildly impressive. <laughs> yeah, you think? And by the way, Embiid, thir- a, a casual 39.5 and 11. So yeah, I in it- MB looks playing. Fun. He looks just fine. Um, it's going to be interesting. Bogdanovich shooting 43.8% from three. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm sorry. That was in the regular season. What's he doing in the postseason? Who? Oh. 35 for Bogdanovich. Okay, yeah. So um, it's interesting. Uh, in the postseason, John Collins shooting 43.5% from three. Uh, Lou Williams, we didn't even mention him. He's shooting 45.5% from three. Um I think this one could go either way. I think it is destined to go for seven. I guess I kind of think Atlanta takes the game tonight. I w- I was thinking that too. And I think they're going to come out and it's going to be a very, it's going to be a tough one. 
yeah. because I think they're going to be very hyped for the crowd and they're going to be running that entire game. And, you know, I think what if Philly, they're going to get, they're going to come out and punch them in the mouth. If Philly can weather the storm and say, okay, we're getting to get it, we're going to get punched a little bit. Let's hope we got to hold them down and let's see how we can attack this. If they win tonight, it's going to be very tough for Atlanta. This is a pit, this is the pit, one of the pivotal games. We always know game three, game five, probably the two most important games in deciding whether or not you're going to get there. So I think this is going to be a really tough game. It's going to be a really tough series. I think this series has the potential to be the one that goes the longest. Okay. I really do. I respect that. I really that. do. Because uh, as much as I want to see – um, We're going to take as a quick break, I want... change into some black clothes. I'll maybe change into a black black tie, black suit, maybe put on some sunglasses uh, for the funeral, the funeral of the Denver Nuggets. It's over, Josh. It's over. You knew it was when ja- you knew it was when Jamal Murray went down. You I knew did. that. I did. Well, you know what? No, no, no. I knew it was when uh, the other night when Michael Porter Jr. is playing uh, with the sore back and he's coming out looking like he's moving like he's the Tin Woodman from Wizard of Oz. The guy can't move, and it's a problem because. And I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Here's all I have to say about the Denver Nuggets. Yes, they have the MVP. Jokic can't do it alone, not against this good a team. And so if Michael Porter Jr. isn't right, the series is over, and Denver will be lucky to win a game. Michael Porter Jr. isn't right. He's hurt. And so it. who's your next best player after Michael Porter Jr.? Aaron Gordon, and he's not a go-get-me-a-bucket guy. He never has been. And so it's Nikola Jokic, who is a facilitator with no one to facilitate to. It's a broken situation. It's a broken team. I love the Nuggets. I'm not biased. That's the truth. The Nuggets are dead in the water. I'm with you, man. I think this is going to be a sweep. I think it is. I mean, if they get a game tonight, great, but I don't see how. I mean, this is just – it's a no-win situation. I think you're I mean, right. Altitude I definitely... helps. Playing at home helps. But it's going to mean Monte Morris has to score 20. Austin Rivers has to do 20. Michael or Will Barton has to be much healthier. Paul Millsap's got to score. Fit. I mean, you got you got to have everyone step. You got, you up. got to have everyone step and up. I just, I just don't think don't see that happen. That. They're in trouble. Uh, well, you got anything else you want it's to have? It's unfortunate. I think right. I definitely think you're right. Always a pleasure to come on and talk to you, buddy. Always, man. Always, Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. The playoffs have been a blast. Uh, thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.